Well, next week we're going to begin a series in the book of First Timothy, and uh, last week we wrapped up the uh, Best Advice series, and so for this week I felt drawn to consider the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Uh, you could uh, probably also call this the parable of the two prayers. One prayer was accepted by God, and one wasn't. One person was accepted by God and one wasn't. So if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18, you can hold your place at verse 9, and we'll look at verses 9 through 14 here in uh, just a few minutes. This parable reveals to us some important things about God, some important things about people, important things about ourselves, and how we go about approaching God. I'm pretty confident today that if we were to take a survey of everyone in here, And we were to ask the question, what is the thing that you find the most annoying in another person? I'm fairly certain that uh, one of the answers, one of the most commonly given answers, is that we would find people annoying who think that they're better than everybody else. People who look down on others. People who are self-righteous are usually pretty off-putting. Uh, two folks. I, I have very little doubt that would be one of our most common answers that we find prideful, self-righteous attitudes to be really annoying. You know, no one seems to like an arrogant person. Even arrogant people don't like other arrogant people. And uh, when, when they see who they are in someone else, they just react against it. And, and what this parable that we're going to look at today is going to reveal to us is that not only do we all find prideful, self-righteous, arrogant people off-putting, but so does God. God does not deal well with arrogant, self-righteous people. It's possible that when you looked at the sermon outline today, assuming that anyone ever does, that you may have reacted against it. It's possible that you may have had a reaction something like this. The person God accepts, what? God accepts everyone. Well, respectfully, let me suggest that the Bible doesn't actually affirm that sentiment. The the Bible would affirm that God welcomes everyone to come to him, but the Bible doesn't affirm that God accepts everyone. You you see the opposite of that all through the scriptures. You see in the book of Matthew that at the future judgment, God is going to look at people and say, depart from me, you who worked iniquity. Scripture is clear that the whole reason that Jesus came was in order to reconcile us to God, that apart from Jesus coming, we were hopeless uh, to have any chance of being reconciled to God, being accepted by God. And today's parable says that one of those who prayed went away justified before God, being accepted, being in right relationship with God, and the other went away unjustified, not accepted, not in right relationship with God. And so as we go through the parable, we'll see that, yes, God welcomes everyone. God can can work with anyone. He will accept really flawed and really messed up people. But we're going to find that God just cannot deal with those who are arrogant, who are prideful, who are self-righteous. 
And so let's read the text, Luke 18, 9 through 14. I'll read, you follow along as I do, either in your Bibles or I think it'll be on the screen behind me. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. I don't cheat, I don't sin, and I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. And then Jesus says, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Notice that Jesus tells us very clearly the purpose of the parable. He lets us know very clearly the target audience. He told this parable to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Evidently, some folks had annoyed Jesus enough that he decided to tell them a not-subtle-at-all story to demonstrate how God felt about them, how God feels about self-righteousness and about self-righteous people. And so as we just read, these two men go to the temple to pray. One's a Pharisee, one's a tax collector. Uh, many of you probably know this, but some of you may not. In Jewish society, a, a Pharisee would have been, you know, right at the top of the social order. They were religious leaders. They were very concerned with uh, keeping the law. They were very concerned with living right. They were meticulous about living right, obeying the law, being, uh, being respectful to the customs of their culture. The tax collector, on the other hand, he would have been at the bottom of the social order. Tax collectors were despised. They were Jews who worked on behalf of the occupying Roman government, and they would uh, collect taxes from the Jewish people on behalf of Rome. They were often wealthy because they would abuse their positions and not just collect what they were supposed to collect, but they would collect extra to enrich themselves. While they were wealthy, it didn't stop them from being viewed as the lowest of the low in the society. They were viewed as traitors. They were considered as far from God as a person could possibly be. In the parable, both the good Pharisee and the despised tax collector come to the temple to pray. And Jesus reports on the Pharisee's prayer first. We just read it. I thank you, God. I'm not a sinner like everyone else. Don't cheat, don't sin, don't commit adultery, fast, pay my tithes, all that kind of stuff. And then he reports, secondly, on the prayer of the tax collector. And we're told that he dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. He, he beat his chest in sorrow. And he said, oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. And Jesus said that it was the tax collector not the Pharisee, the returned home justified before God, accepted by God in a right relationship with God. So understand what's going on here. The tax collector was understandably reviled by people. The tax collector was not 
a righteous person, was not a good person. Tax collectors abused people. They were dishonest. The tax collector was not a good guy. On the other hand, the Pharisee was a meticulously law-abiding person. He really was very uh, religious in his, uh, he was very disciplined in his religious observances. He would have been like the Christian who never misses their devotions. Every morning at 7 a.m., they're doing their devotions. And inwardly, they roll their eyes when they hear their Christian brothers and sisters lament at failing to keep their devotions. The Pharisee would have been a prime candidate to win a Citizen of the Year award, a prime candidate to win a Church Member of the Year award, a good guy by all of the ways that we assess whether we're all good or not. God rejected the good guy. He rejected the Pharisee. Why did he do it? Well, the parable's crystal clear as to why he did it. It is because those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. God rejected the Pharisee. He went home unjustified because God rejects the self-righteous. What's it mean to be self-righteous? It, yeah, I mean, it means just what it sounds like it means, that in and of ourselves, we think that we are so good that, that we merit God's approval. The Bible teaches us something very different. In Romans chapter 3, the Bible tells us that there is no one who is righteous, not even one. Jesus told the parable to those who were confident in their own righteousness. They went home unjustified because they approached God on the merits of their own righteousness when the truth is that before God, there is no one who is righteous except for Jesus Christ. Christ. The Pharisee's prayer and the Pharisee himself was rejected because he thought he was righteous in himself. He thought he would be approved by God because of how awesome he was. Now understand, God loves the Pharisee. God loves everyone. He welcomes everyone. But when we approach him on the basis of our own merits, our own righteousness, we totally undermine everything the Bible teaches and the entire reason that God sent Christ into the world. And when we do this, we make ourselves unacceptable to God. And we should be able to relate to this, really. You know, it's somewhat similar to the reaction that you have when you encounter someone whose arrogance is just off the charts. Have you ever been with a friend somewhere and you were interacting with a third person and they were just so arrogant that you just had this visceral reaction against them and maybe you even like turned to your friend and said, you have got to get me out of here. I cannot stand to be around this person another minute. Have you ever, ever had that kind of uh, thing happen? One of you. Okay, now, now look, I, I don't ask for a lot around here, okay? I don't ask for loud amens, I don't ask for much. 
But if I actually ask for a show of hands about something that's happened in your life, could you help a brother out? Has anybody, has anybody had that happen? All right, very, very good. It's good to know that my own experience isn't that unique. Uh, so you, you can't stand their attitude. You want, you want away from them. Okay, now here's another one. Let's, let's see. Let's see if we got the message. How many of you watch the show Shark Tank? Okay, it's a great show. Everybody should watch Shark Tank. It's a great show. So if you don't know, Shark Tank is a show where these wildly successful entrepreneurs uh, bring, bring entrepreneurs who have fledgling businesses or fledgling ideas in front of these wildly successful business people. They pitch their idea, they pitch their business, and if the sharks like it, then they invest in it, and usually they help, often, they help take that person to a whole new level uh, of success. Hey, those of you who watch the show, isn't it really just cringe-inducing when you see a, a, a new entrepreneur who goes before the sharks and, like, gets in an argument with them about business? I mean, they've made like $8 with their product (laughs) and they're talking to billionaires and they're like in an argument with them about how they ought to do things. And it's just just cringe-inducing. It's awful. It's not a perfect illustration, but it gives us at least a little taste of how ridiculous it is for us to approach God on the basis of our own goodness. You see, the sharks know how little this wannabe business person really knows, but the wannabe doesn't know enough to know that they don't know very much. (laughs) And their arrogance to claim that they do is really off-putting to the successful business people. I mean, you see it. Sometimes they just cannot believe what they're witnessing. When we approach God on the basis of our own merits... Our arrogance in thinking that God is going to be impressed by us is off-putting. It's offensive to God. God rejects the self-righteous. He rejects the proud. When we approach God on the basis of our own goodness, we're doing something much more sinister than we imagine that we are. You see, God says in his word that none of us are righteous, He says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of his glory, that we have earned for ourselves the wages of sin, which is death. And so when we, like the Pharisee, approach God on the basis of our own goodness, we tell God that he is wrong about us, that we are good enough to merit his approval. We tell God that he actually wouldn't have needed to send Christ to die for our sins, Because we're righteous in ourselves. And in a much truer sense than we think, when we're doing this in our minds, we are telling God flat out that we don't need Jesus. And this is what God can't work with. This kind of pride leaves God no choice but to reject the person, to send them away unjustified. You say, God should accept everyone. But if we understand what the proud and self-righteous person is actually doing, what they're actually communicating to God, if we're honest, we know that God simply cannot work with that kind of attitude. It's not that unlike asking an employer 
to work with an employee who comes into the place of business every day, clocks in, and as he walks by the boss's open office door, flips him the middle finger. Self-righteousness is not some benign, mildly misguided thing. It is saying to God, I don't need Christ. I don't need the help that you say I need. I'm all I need, and I should be all you need. That's the person God rejects. Now let's consider the person that God accepts. The Pharisee went home unjustified, but Jesus said the tax collector went home justified. And there are at least five things in the parable that I see that reveal to us the person that God accepts. Here's the first one. God accepts the person who views himself or herself correctly. The Pharisee thought he was righteous in himself when in reality no one is righteous. He did not see himself correctly. That is, he didn't see himself as God saw him. The tax collector, on the other hand, saw himself correctly. He had no illusion about his own righteousness. He pleaded for the mercy of God because he saw himself as he really was a sinner. Someone who had done many things that are displeasing to God. Friends, the Bible tells us, which means that God tells us, that all of us are sinners. There is not a single righteous person in the whole place. The Bible says, which means that God says, that the only way we get reconciled to God is by admitting this and trusting in Christ, who is our mediator between ourselves and God. If we're unwilling to see ourselves correctly, if we're unwilling to see ourselves as God sees us, then we're dead in the water. We're lost without hope. So in order to be accepted by God, we see in this parable and throughout Scripture that we have to get honest about who we are. We have to see ourselves correctly, see ourselves as God does, unrighteous people in need of God's mercy and grace. And secondly, we see in the parable that God accepts the person who views him correctly. They they need to view themselves correctly and they need to view God correctly. The Pharisee didn't see himself as needing anything from God. His entire prayer was a commendation of himself to God. But the tax collector was very different. He, He recognized he wasn't righteous and that God was righteous. He recognized that God was his only hope, that throwing himself on God's mercy was his only hope. He recognized that he needed help that could only come from God. It could not come from himself. This is central to understanding and receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to understand that throwing ourselves on God's mercy is our only hope. Viewing ourselves correctly, viewing God correctly flows from and further encourages the next thing that we find. God accepts the person who is humble. Where the Pharisee boasted to God about himself, the parable says the tax collector stood far off. He knew he didn't have anything to boast about. 
He had nothing to say that would impress anybody in the temple. And so he found an out-of-the-way place to pray. And he knew that he had nothing to say for himself that could impress God so much so that he couldn't even raise his eyes to heaven, but instead he beat his chest in sorrow. He saw himself correctly, saw God correctly, and so he was rightly humbled. Some of you may remember when the great prophet Isaiah encountered the glory of God, when he saw God as he really is, This great prophet, this commendable man was absolutely undone. The experience caused him to say, I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips and I live among people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. When you see God correctly, it undoes you. Jesus said at the conclusion of the parable, that those who humble themselves will be exalted, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who exalt themselves will not be justified before God, but those who humble themselves will be. So the person God accepts, sees himself correctly, sees God correctly, is humble, and the person that God accepts recognizes their need of God and his mercy. The tax collector did not determine that the solution to his problem was to leave the temple and go and spend a couple of weeks trying to make amends for the wrongs he had done. He did not conclude that the answer to his problem was to be a better person, so I'll go be a better person for a while, and then I'll come back and I'll see how God feels about me then. He is so rightly humbled that he realizes there is nothing he can do to fix his problem with God. He realizes that his only hope is turning to God and throwing himself on God's mercy, appealing for God's mercy. And that's the final thing we find about the person God accepts. God accepts the person who asks for mercy. The tax collector cries out, Have mercy on me. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. We see this through the Bible. Romans 10 tells us if we confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord, believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Romans 10.13 says, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. The, The tax collector didn't know what else to do. But, but he knew that he needed God and God's mercy. And so he calls out, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And he went home justified. This is the person God accepts. Sees himself correctly, sees God correctly, is humble, recognizes his need of God and God's mercy and asks for it. So which person are you in the story? Who are you? All of us are found in one of these two figures in the parable. We are either the Pharisee or we're the tax collector. We're either trying to be right with God on our own merits or we've concluded that we have no hope of being right with God and we've chosen to throw ourselves on his mercy. Which person are you?
Jesus said the person who throws himself on his mercy receives it, is made right, is justified. But the person who tries to be right with God on their own merit goes home unjustified, not right with God, loved by God, welcomed by God any time, but not accepted, not right, not justified. And maybe you recoil at this. Maybe you feel that this is just too demanding of God. And here's something that I think God wants us to understand in this parable, and that is that he's really not asked that much from us. Essentially, what God is saying to us in this parable is, you can be saved if you'll just get over yourself. Stop claiming that you're so good. You don't need my grace. If you'll just quit acting like something you're not. Quit, and of course, we don't do this verbally, at least not usually. It's usually a thing that plays over in our minds. If you'll just quit mouthing off about how wonderful you are. This is God speaking now. When I know, and most people around you know, that you're not that wonderful. Admit who you are. Admit who I am. And humble yourself enough to admit that I'm your only hope and ask me to show you mercy. If you'll do that, I will. I just can't work with the arrogance. Now let's be honest with ourselves. Is God really asking so much of us to essentially say, Get over yourself and admit you're a sinner who needs mercy and I'll save you. I think I've admitted this before. If not, I am now. I often struggle with the exclusivity of the gospel message. I I hope that doesn't shock you too much. You know, I meet nice people as we judge niceness. Good people as we judge goodness. They haven't accepted Christ, and it bothers me to think of them separated from God forever. I have friends who haven't received Christ, and based on what I believe about the Bible and what I believe is true, I, I have to believe that they are, in their current conditions, separated from God and, 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 and unsaved. And I, and I struggle with this. But this parable reminds us that God has not set a high bar for being justified and made right with him. Now, on some level he has, but, but Christ took care of the high bar. For all of us, the bar is really not that high. I mean, here's what he says to us. Admit you're sinful. See me for who I am. Humble yourself before me. Realize you need me in your mercy and my mercy and ask me for it. That's it. That's what God asks of us. That's what's needed to be accepted by God. Now, we can push back against the exclusivity of the gospel message all we want, but if we are honest with ourselves, we have to say, if we are too proud... If we are too self-righteous for that, then truly the problem isn't God. It's us. And of course, that's what he's already told us. 
God has made being right with him quite easy. Stop posturing. Admit the truth about yourself. Essentially, here's what God is saying you need to do to be saved. Stop being arrogant. If we can do that, we can be saved. Luke told us that Jesus shared this parable with those who were self-righteous and looked down on other people. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed a tendency for this parable and, and pretty much any place else in the New Testament where Jesus would confront the Pharisees. I've seen these things used to beat up on religiously self-righteous people, and let me be clear, that is a fair use of it. But it's not the only use. I think it's important for us to realize that you can be a Pharisee whether you're a religious person or you're an irreligious person, a non-religious person. You can call yourself a Christian and be a Pharisee. You can call yourself agnostic and be a Pharisee. You can even call yourself an atheist and still be a Pharisee. Because the distinguishing characteristic of Pharisees in this parable and other places in the New Testament was their self-righteousness and their disdain for people not like them. Essentially, the Pharisees' problem, their fundamental problem, was that they thought they were okay without Jesus. They thought they were good enough that they were not standing in need of God's mercy. And they thought that they were better than everybody else. Those qualifications of being a Pharisee are met by the person who says they're a Christian. But deep down inside, in their private place, they are convinced that they're saved, at least in large part, because they're a good person. And friends, churches are full of people who secretly believe that. May not, even, may not say it, might even say the right things. But deep down, we've convinced ourselves that God has this scale. And as long as the good parts of our life are just a little heavier than the bad parts of our life, then we're okay with God. And people think that all over the place. Christians, non-Christians, they, they think this is the way that it is. And when they think that, it becomes very easy for them to become very antagonistic, very harsh toward people who they think the scale doesn't weigh as heavily on the good side with. They're Pharisees. But those qualifications are also met by the atheist who says... I don't need God's mercy because there is no God. But even if there was a God, I wouldn't need his mercy because I'm a good person. And if God won't accept people just like they are, then I don't have any interest in that kind of God anyway. And anybody who believes in that kind of God is a fool. The atheist has met every qualification of the Pharisee. This parable is for the religious or the irreligious. Jesus told it for everyone who thinks they're okay based on their own goodness that they don't need God or his mercy. Jesus says to all such people, religious people and non-religious people, you're wrong. You're wrong. You are never going to be accepted on your goodness because your righteousness is like filthy rags 
to God. This is something the Bible tells us. It tells us that our righteousness looks to God like filthy rags. I mean, think what we're doing. We, we get all of our good works together and we're proud of ourselves. We say, look, God, look how good I am. And what God sees is that we're handing him a bunch of filthiness. You only be right with God when you admit the truth about yourself and about God. Humble yourself before him. Turn to him and ask for his mercy. Now look, this is really good news. Like this is great news. I want you to think right now about the most demanding boss you've ever had. Have you had one of those bosses who was just so driven to perfection that no matter how well you performed, they were displeased with your work? I mean, you could have been like salesman of the quarter for your region, and they would have said, yeah, but you weren't as good as the top salesman in the region next door. You know, like they're just demanding. Well, here's the truth. We have all like created a God in our own image who's just okay with everything. But actually God, as the Bible reveals him, is extremely demanding. He's extremely demanding. And what we know he requires is he requires moral perfection, sinlessness. Think about trying to impress God. What we need to to be able to impress God without Christ, we're not capable of. It's sinlessness. Romans tells us that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It is too late for us to impress God. We can't. We've already sinned. We were born into sin. We cannot merit God's approval by our righteousness. That ship has sailed. You can sin less than me, but not enough to merit anything with God. You can give all of your money to the poor. You can give it all. It's not enough to undo the wages of sin that you've earned. You can be the best person in central Ohio. And you'll still fall so far short of God's standard of moral perfection that you have no hope of being justified based on your own goodness. And here's why this parable is such great news. It's because Jesus tells us that we don't have to earn our way with him. We don't have to gain God's approval by being something we're not. That's good news. It's the gospel. God accepts those who admit the obvious, that we're sinners, who are humble enough to realize our need of him and turn to him and ask for his mercy. We we have such a tendency to push back against God as if he's requiring something really difficult from us, but he's not. 
He's essentially just asking you and me and all of us to admit that we're a bunch of screw-ups. And if we'll do that, he can work with us and he can save us. It's great news because we can't do the one thing. We cannot, it is impossible for us to earn our way with God, but we can admit that we're messed up and we need help. It really should not be that hard for any of us to admit that. I mean, I mean, I think deep down on the inside, most of us know that we are pretty messed up, that, that we're not the way that we ought to be. But if you're not convinced of that, and if you're not willing to take God's word for it, I have a suggestion for you today. Ask around. Ask around. I'm sure you're not going to have to go very deep into your friends list until you're going to find some honest soul who's willing to say, oh yeah, you're not near as great as you think you are. You are definitely at least as screwed up as the rest of us. At least. I actually think a little bit more, if I'm being honest. Admit the truth. Call out to God. Go home justified. That's the gospel. It's that easy. It is not the good who go home justified. It's the humble who go home justified. Those who recognize their need of God. So let's take advantage of the good news. Let's admit what is obvious about us. And let's receive God's grace. Why don't you stand?